Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Fill her up. You're listening to the Gas Digital Network. We need to roll back the state. We spy on all of our own citizens. Our prisons are flooded with nonviolent drug offenders. If you want to know who America's next enemy is, look at who we're funding right now. Every single one of these problems are a result of government being way too big. Welcome to a brand new episode of Part of the Problem. I am the libertarian Tupac Dave Smith. He is Robbie the Fire Bernstein, COVID Jesus. He's back with us. We're ready to go. And we're very excited because we're uh, almost ready to head out to Pottstown, Pennsylvania. That's Soul Joel's Comedy Club, bunch of stand-up comedy shows, and a live Part of the Problem podcast. Come see me and Robbie the Fire Bernstein. Go to comicdavesmith.com to grab tickets. This is going to be a fun time out in Pottsville, Pennsylvania, where magic happens. Okay, so uh, how are you doing today, Rob? I'm doing great. Can I, can I squeeze in a plug? Sure, squeeze in a plug. Hell yeah. Hosting for Lewis this Friday night, Springfield, Massachusetts. My Wednesday show is cooking in New York City every Wednesday. Uh, I got the ski gig later in this month. Go to RobbieTheFire.com for all his dates. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, brother. And now I can go. Later, guys. (laughs) (laughs) The rest of this is just filler to let you know about that, basically. You figured out the comedian podcast model. We just yap so you'll come out to our live shows. But they're really fun. Come on out. Have a great time. Um, Okay, so uh, there's something I wanted to talk about. You know, on the last episode, uh, which I did solo, the last episode I was talking a bunch about what to me were the two most important things, which was like, you know, the um, the COVID stuff and the Ukraine stuff, which, you know, we we focus a lot of time on. Um, but we we ended up not talking about this uh, this topic. And it's been something that's been interesting to me over the last week and a half or so. But uh, it, it still hasn't exactly come out yet. So we'll see what happens here. But evidently, the uh, the Speaker of the House, uh, Kevin McCarthy, has agreed to turn over all of the January 6th footage exclusively to tucker carlson um which is very interesting for a lot of reasons um there it's it's pretty uh amazing that this stuff hasn't come out yet you know it's a like there's um there's a lot of things where uh that the government just holds on to these tapes like i don't believe they ever released um the tapes that the they had of the um the pentagon on 9-11 you know, and like uh, um, and, and the, the Pentagon officials were going around and like collecting 
people who had video cameras who were out that day, like anyone who had on footage, of your own missiles. Yeah. Right. You know, but it's, a, and then they'll also turn around like the same people will turn around and talk about how dangerous these conspiracy theories are. And there's just, it's, there's such an obvious, like, it's like, okay, well, I mean, if you're so concerned about these conspiracy theories, then here, here's a great idea. Release the tapes, right? Of, of course, people are going to be, you know, are, are going to wonder uh, what's really going on here and let their mind wander if you're intentionally, like, you know, keeping evidence from them. It's just so, so basic. Um, it's got to be a really scary job, though, because look at it this way. If you want to do cleanup on one of those tapes, you're a government spook. There's something in one of those angles and you want to clean that thing up. Like you look at how Wikipedia like replaced Encyclopedia uh, Britannica mm. or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. If you put those things out online, the odds that someone's not going to be able to like break down what you did. Can you imagine like sitting in that government production office where you're trying to make an edit and seeing if you think you can get away with it? Yeah, it's not like uh, there's not like it was in the 60s or something like that, where you could just like have a cardboard box and be like, look, we're in outer <laughs> space. And everyone's like, well, I can't <laughs> fake that. You know what I mean? Like today. Yeah, there's these Internet geniuses. Um, did you ever see that documentary? Uh, I think I believe it was on Netflix. It was like, don't mess with cats or something like that. So there was some guy who turned out to be uh, a murderer, um, but he was like killing cats on camera and uploading the videos and it's he just infuriated the wrong fucking crowd like i mean and it's great it's kind of a great story even though the people in it are so bizarre but basically all of these like nerds who love cats who have nothing but free time on their hands were like we like they're like we're gonna find this guy we're gonna find him and they down to every detail of like they they'd like you know like freeze it was like amazing detective work like they'd find like the outlet and they'd be like this outlet is an outlet that's only made in this area and then there'd be like one product and they'd be like where was the last time this product was sold and they like narrow it down and they located the dude anyway it turned out he was like a gay killer and like killed some gay oh, so dude. then they had to yeah. let him off yeah they were like all right <laughs> somehow that that counteracts the cat um but anyway yeah yeah, yeah. It's a, but it's a crazy story but you're like yeah no you put something out like that today and Oh, the Internet scientists will go to work on it. Anyway, this is, of course, January 6th has in, in many ways become like a religious holiday to the progressive establishment. This is the worst thing that ever happened. Um, it's, it's unbelievable to listen to them talk about it. I mean, if you talk about even the ones who will occasionally concede that like you know, the lockdowns were a mistake or the vaccine doesn't work the way we said. Now a lot of them are conceding, oh, maybe the lab leak theory is actually correct. They've all long conceded that the war in Iraq was a mistake, um, but they will never speak about any of those mistakes with the same vigor and, you know, like, uh, um, and just, you'll never see them furious about it the way they are about January 6th. This was the big lie. The, and, and of course it kind of makes sense I think from our perspective, you kind of understand where there is the, you know, statism is a religion. And in, at least for the modern nation states, democracy is kind of the origin myth. You know, like this is where the state derives its, its right to rule from. And so to question that is really something you're not allowed to do. 
at least if you're, you know, like if it's Trump, it's okay. But if if it's not, if it's a Democrat or a, an establishment Republican for that matter. Um, but so you can kind of see uh, the corporate press freaking out. We're going to play a couple clips in a second um, from them, but it really is something that look, it's, it's pretty obvious to, I think, any, I'd, I'd say anybody who's looking at this soberly and honestly, that there is something fishy about January 6th. There's just Do they have footage fishy. of Nancy Pelosi propping up at a door and putting up a sign that says FBI this way? <laughs> yeah, who knows what they are. Uh, well, I, I guess we're going to find out what Tucker Carlson has, and who knows? I don't know if what's caught on camera will be some bombshell or something like that. But look, I mean, there's the stuff with Ray Epps. There's we've already seen right those videos, the fact that he's not being prosecuted and you even have Democratic uh, lawmakers defending him and being like, leave the poor guy alone. Which is so weird. They think of everybody else there as a terrorist. But this one barrel chested guy screaming, we're going to storm the Capitol is like not for some reason. Um, we've seen a video of police moving barricades aside, welcoming people in. We've seen that the um, that the top levels of the FBI and the Department of Justice are unwilling to say under oath that um, that there was no uh, um, FBI involvement in in the planning and in the attack or whatever you want to call it. So there's just a lot there that's like, oh, something's pretty fishy here. And, and you're not allowed so, to discuss any of this. And it's so odd that the uh, leader of the Proud Boys, who looks like a CIA asset, does not look like he'd be the leader of the Proud Boys, like a shredded black dude. Mm -hmm. I had a history in the past of being an FBI informant. Yeah. It, it, I mean, the thing just reeks like uh, another thing, like with the Governor Whitmer kidnapping plot that sadly some yes. people are actually going to jail for. Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, it's, it's, look, we know that there's a pattern uh, within the FBI of doing things like this, these kind of entrapment plots. And um, so it does, it certainly makes you wonder. Um, but if you think that all of that is dangerous misinformation um, and conspiracy theories are very dangerous, then, of course, you'd be thrilled that Kevin McCarthy is releasing all of the footage. Right. Like what what would be bad about that? Anyway, here, let's play. Uh, let's play some clips of how the corporate press has responded to this. Concern, of course, obviously, is the security concerns that arise from false conspiracy theories. We know they are dangerous. We know they lead to violence. And so if, for example, this host on, on Fox decides to play only things that indicate uh, or allow him to blow up conspiracy theories, oh, look, that looks like a Fed. Oh, look, it looks like someone instigated this. Oh, look, there's an hour of people doing nothing peacefully. Um, if that keeps going forward and it's ginned up into the notion that all the prosecutions are witch hunts against people uh, for, who were violent January 6th, that it could really pose a danger and a threat in terms of violence. Oh, yeah, there you go. It's, I mean, look, just imagine what you'd have to do. I, I wonder sometimes. All right, guys, let's take a moment and thank our sponsor for today's show, which is YoKratom.com, home of the $60 kilo. YoKratom has been with us for a long time, and they've been a great sponsor of this show and this network. If you're over the age of 21 and you enjoy Kratom or someone you know is over the age of 21 and enjoys Kratom, go grab it at YoKratom.com. It's lab tested. It's high quality stuff. It's delivered right to your door, and it's the best price you're going to find, only $60 for a kilo. YoKratom.com, home of the $60 kilo. All right, let's get back into the show.
Like when you when when this guy is like told, okay, here's the, the angle we're going with that. How like wouldn't it be hard for you to go out and look at the camera and sell this? And you'd be like, wait, seriously, this is the angle we're going with? That if we give them more information, they'll actually know less about it. And if they, you know what I mean? Like if we, if we tell them what's going on, then they'll actually be less info. Like, I mean, he's like, well, what if, what if there's some, some video footage that makes it look like there's feds there? What? What does that even mean? What footage could make it seem like there's feds there if there weren't feds there? What are you talking about? Now, look, I will say, I'll give you a caveat on this. I think Tucker Carlson should, and his people should go through all of this. They should find anything that they think is newsworthy, and then they should put it out. And then after that, I would say they should pass on all of the tapes to everyone. Just make them all public. And if you feel like, oh, this is taken out of context or is misleading, then how about you go and you show them? But, but that should be the demand of NBC. They should be like, we should all get this. Not that only... Uh, that, that no one should get it or that it's dangerous that anyone does have it you can see obviously that like their concern here look it's it's just bullshit to act like their concern is that these videotapes could indicate something and then that leads to all of this conspiracy theories and then that can lead to violence the truth is not releasing any of the videos leads to conspiracy theories because that's all we have if you don't release the videotapes, all we can do is look at the information we have and try to figure out what would possibly connect these dots. The, the more information you put out there, the less we're just theorizing and the more we're making educated guesses. But they seem very concerned, you know what I mean, that, oh, like what you don't see anyone doing here is saying what you would say like, okay, number one, if you were an honest journalist, you'd say everyone should have the tapes. This should be public information. If you, if you weren't an honest journalist, but you were still, like, let's say, b confident that you were right about this, you'd say, go through the tapes. There's not going to be anything there. Like, right? But that's not their position. Their position is this is dangerous. This is very, very dangerous that Tucker Carlson is going to have this. And because they know. They know that Tucker Carlson has already publicly talked about how this reeks of an inside job. And there's a lot of shady shit going on. So he's going to be looking for shady shit. And if he finds it, he's going to play it on his show, which has more viewers than all of the other shows, you know, combined. So that's what's really going on here. Um, anything you want to add? Truth or? leads to violence. That's their argument. Is which, that we, Which may not be completely untrue in a way. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah, it is possible that, like, they're, they're, you know, I remember once, I think it was Ben Bernanke, um, it, it wasn't Greenspan. It must have been Bernanke. But there was something where Ron, uh, Ron Paul had, you know, he had his end the Fed bill, but then he was pushing just his audit the Fed, which was just like, we want all of your, uh, like, all of the info on what exactly the Fed's doing. And I think it was Ben Bernanke who said this, this would destroy confidence in the equities markets. And that was his out. And, like, in a way, he maybe has a point. You know what I mean? Like that he was basically saying, or he goes, look, if the American people knew what we were doing with the money, the stock market would crash tomorrow. You know, <laughs> like, and it's like in some way, it's almost like them being like, look, dude, if the fucking people ever found out exactly what this government is doing, they'd want to kill us. <laughs> like, All right. Like there might be something to that. It's just not a very good defense for what you're doing. You know, um, All right, here, I do. Uh, 
it's interesting because both sides to me are kind of wrong. Uh, it's crazy anytime the corporate press stand, speaks out against just truth and information coming out. Uh, that's clearly censorship. On the same note, it seems like favoritism to be handing footage over that would make for news to a single network. And as uh, you know, governments should not be working for Fox News or giving them any sort of like they're not in the Fox News business. So if they're making things available, I don't understand why you would be handing it to just one news organization. Well, okay, so I can I can agree with you on that. But then at the same time, you it's a little bit hypocritical for somebody over at CNN or, or MSNBC to complain about this because this is the whole this is how the whole game works. Yeah, you I know, guess they get exclusive interviews yeah, with the they, president that the yeah. other network can't have. Yeah, you get you get access and you get exclusive access. I mean, half the reason why they claim like like so much of the media apparatus is basically propped up by access, and that's almost right. how they become like essentially in effect state media. It's like okay, well here the CIA and the NSA and like all these will talk to the New York Times, but you have to if. And even if it's not spoken, which I'm sure in many cases it is, but even if it's not spoken, it's like, but if you don't report favorably, you don't get this access anymore. And then you don't get to report on knowing what the thinking in Washington is. That's, that's what they like to call it. The thinking in Washington is this and that, you know, like that's. And so it, it kind of like creates this whole it's it's the whole basically like Council on Foreign Relations, uh, uh, you know, foreign affairs model. You know, it's like, oh, well, here we'll get we have all this access. So we will now tell you what the thinking in Washington is. Now you need to buy our publication because that's the only way to really know what the thinking in Washington is, right? It's like this whole weird like industry that's built up. But so for them to complain about that and then be like, and now we have the exclusive interview with Joe Biden. You got to tune into our show. Otherwise, you don't get to hear from your president, you know? So right. you're, there's, a, there's a point to what you're saying. And I do think in this specific case, yeah, it probably would have made more sense. I, I don't understand the benefit of just giving it to, to Tucker Carlson anyway. Give it to Tucker Carlson. Give it to everybody else, too. He's still going to be able to pour through it and play what he wants to. So I agree with you. I also wonder how much even exists, because I remember watching a couple hours of security camera footage, unless they got really good on the street stuff of Ray Epps, like from, because uh, I'm sure Washington, D.C. has endless cameras. I'm yeah. sure that they have cameras of literally every street. Yeah. By the way, the whole other angle to uh, to this story is that there was also like, you know, the the, the pipe bomb or whatever that they All found right. on January 5th, like in, in multiple locations and nobody's ever figured out what happened with that. And evidently, this was a, a big part of the reason why there were less authorities there that day than there otherwise would have been because they were like diverted, like investigating these other things. I. I who knows? There's just a lot of shady that stuff also that's going on. makes no sense. So you got pipe bombs in Washington, <laughs> D.C., and you're diverting resources instead of expanding resources. We have a whole fucking army you guys didn't call in. I, yeah, I just yeah. don't buy that for one second. No, oh, I, we've got one detective for all of D.C., and man, they really got him with this pipe bomb at this other spot. Yeah, it's it. There, let's just say a lot of the official story just doesn't seem to add up. So and then and look, this is what happens when the official story doesn't add up. Then obviously, you know, the government is so dishonest with the American people. Yeah, that's that's a recipe for conspiracy theories. So if you're so concerned about that, have more transparency in government. 
All right, guys, let's take a moment and thank our sponsor for today's show, which is Bambi. Bambi is an HR platform built for small businesses just like yours. Now you can automate the most important HR practices and get your own dedicated HR manager. First, Bambi's HR autopilot automates your core policies, workplace training, and employee feedback. Then your dedicated HR manager will help you navigate the more complex parts of HR and guide you to compliance, available by phone, email, or real-time chat. An in-house HR manager can cost up to $80,000 a year, but with Bambi, your dedicated HR manager starts at just $99 a month. No hidden fees, and you can cancel anytime. This is a great tool for small businesses. Complying with regulations is a pain and we all wish you didn't have to do it, but you do. And go check out Bambi. They can help you. Bambi has received thousands of five-star reviews on Trustpilot, and their customers are four times less likely to have a claim filed against them. You run your business. Let Bambi run your HR. Go to Bambi.com slash P-O-T-P right now for your free HR audit. That's B-A-M-B-E-E dot com slash P-O-T-P. Bambi.com slash P-O-T-P. All right. Let's get back into the show. Uh, oh, yeah, let's play another clip just to, to give you a little taste. Pick whichever one, Brian. Let's see. There's a whole bunch of them. Speaker Kevin McCarthy's decision to selectively provide access to more than 40,000 hours of January 6th security footage. I mean, it was bad enough when he announced that Tucker Carlson, the chief propagandist at Fox, would get it exclusively. I mean, we know what he'll do with it. Cherry pick video to lie to his viewers about January 6th something he's been doing for two years. But now McCarthy has agreed to provide the highly sensitive videos to the actual people who attacked the Capitol in the first place. Some of the same people who were calling for the hanging I'm sorry, of former Vice pause. President Mike Pence. This is the most disgustingly tragic thing I've ever heard, that people are being prosecuted by the United States government, and there's evidence that I guess you're saying could possibly exonerate them, and the government's been withholding that evidence and you're saying that the government should continue to withhold that evidence because otherwise wrongfully accused people won't be going to jail. Yeah. That is That's that exactly is I, right. I, and with a smile with your bright shirt, your 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 childish and, hair dye and, and 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 look at just like the the outrageous level, you know, the the nerve of this woman to call Tucker Carlson a propagandist. Where's that? look at what she's doing. Like she's just she's not arguing in any way why these tapes shouldn't be sent. What's dangerous about what's that? She's just slandering everybody involved. Oh, the chief propagandist who's nothing but a liar, Tucker Carlson. And then they're going to send it to the actual people on January 6th. Just let, bring it back a little bit and just look at the way she just, It's just nothing but insults of all the people and pretty unfounded ones. But here, let's, let, let's literally listen to what she's saying here. Actual people who attacked the Capitol in the first place. Some of the same people who were calling for the hanging of former Vice President Mike Pence and vowing to drag former Speaker Nancy Pelosi and Congresswomen like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez out of the Capitol by their hair. Some of the same people who are associated with extremist groups like the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers. How can McCarthy justify giving some of the same people that the FBI director called the most dangerous faction of the country access to information about the security routes of lawmakers, where their safe rooms are, as well as where security cameras are located. I mean, is he deliberately trying to give these people crucial information that they would need to plan another attack and perhaps be more successful? Because if he's not doing that, he sure is doing a great impression of someone who is. 
Uh, right. So there you go. So she's just, and then at this point, it's just he's giving the tapes to the same people who were screaming. You know, they wanted to kill the vice president and drag Nancy Pelosi and AOC out of there by their hair, and they were the same people who were mixed up with Proud Boys and all this. Like, do you have any evidence of that? Do you have any evidence that the people he's giving this to were saying that? Like, okay, if you have evidence of that, fine. But she doesn't. She's just, no. She's just, oh, yeah. Well, they were, the, other people in the group were saying that. You're talking about people who, in, in many cases, simply entered a government building. And entered a government building where, I mean, I don't know, we've seen video of where cops were moving barricades aside. In some cases, waving them in. That's the crime here. Now, I'm not saying you can make an argument about people like, look, I don't have a lot of sympathy for like government property. OK, um, but you, you can make an argument. There were people there who were uh, smashing windows, people there who were making threats. OK, but there's no question that there's a lot of people whose whose crime was simply entering a government building when police allowed them to. And they're looking at their life being ruined over that. And it's just like, oh, it's just, oh, well, if we talk about them, we're just going to lump them in with all the rest. Like, Jesus Christ, dude. Jesus Christ. I mean, especially, you know, in in the, you know, I guess this was uh, early 2021, but in the previous year, the previous summer, just six months earlier, there were these massive riots all over the country. Now, I'm absolutely fine with prosecuting anybody in the Black Lives Matter uh, riots who, like, viciously assaulted somebody or, you know, like, destroyed someone's business or looting or something like that, right? Now, of course, there's no political will to do that, um, but I'd be fine with prosecuting them. But imagine, like, ruining the life of someone who just attended one of the rallies or one of the protests or one of the riots, just was there. You'd be like, oh, I don't know, man, that seems a little bit harsh. But, you know, imagine what Joy Reid would say if you were talking about doing that. Anyway, it's just... It's just they're all freaking out and like, I'm sorry, don't give me this bullshit that like what you're freaking out about is it was like, and this is who the FBI director called the most dangerous people in America. It's like, yeah, well, Ray is a fucking liar and a fraud. And this is just a ridiculous idea. They're the most dangerous people in America. Really? And this fantasy that what they're going to see the Congress, uh, the, the congressman's escape route, and then what, this will make it easier for them to plan their next January 6th? This is all, come on. This is just ridiculous. This is just ridiculous. That what, what they're concerned with is that this might really fuck up their narrative and really make them all look like a bunch of liars like they are. That's the concern here. Anyway, Interested to see if there's anything there. I don't exactly understand. They say, what did they say? 40,000 hours of, of footage or something like that. You're like, are you counting like every camera and yeah, then adding the hours up or something? Camera. Right. Yeah. So you're like, okay, well, maybe something, maybe something will come out about it. Now, if there are, by the way, secret like exit ways for why would those be on camera to begin with? I don't know. Seems weird. I feel like I already saw footage, though, of, like, the way that they got Mike Pence out. So yeah. um, that means that there's probably at least a thousand cameras of of this area. Because yeah. you're looking at basically, what, the two days, so 48 hours of footage. So if you got 40,000 hours, you literally probably yeah. have a thousand. And those are the cameras that they're giving you access to. There's no way they're handing over everything. Right, right. And so it, it does just... Look, I mean, I don't know. I wonder, you know, why is it that they're freaked out? And by the way, we just played two clips. We could play you 30 more. 
everybody in the corporate press is freaking out about Tucker Carlson getting this. And sure, they're saying he's going to he's going to cherry pick, you know, to make it look like this. But I, I mean, I don't know, like while we play a montage of cherry picked images of people yeah, smashing, literally, stuff. <laughs> literally as they do it to create their own narrative. Uh, they're not playing the Ray Epps clips. They're not playing the clips of, of police officers moving barricades out of the way. They're playing their cherry picked, you know, clips to make it look like this. Because it is, by the way, January 6th really is one of those things that at like and, and maybe I'll to the kind of halfway agree with uh, with these guys here is that it is one of those events that you can very easily cherry pick clips to kind of, you know, like when you see the clips that she's just playing there. It gives you kind of this impression of what January 6th was. And, you know, OK, she, so she found some clips of people breaking windows and busting through when cops were trying to tell them not to. But then you see lots of other clips where, like, the cops are moving the barricades and letting them in. And then it's people like wandering around and taking pictures. And it literally literally looks like you're like your grandma or something like that. Or like, you know, you're you're it's like, oh, it looks like your father in law is like sitting there like hanging out. And like there there's that one part where they're walking within the velvet ropes. You remember the the image that I'm talking about where it's like, oh, these are that's how unruly they were. They were still respecting the velvet ropes. Like when you're a really violent mob, that's one of the first things that goes. Like if there's a line of velvet ropes, you're just like, I'm knocking these over and walking wherever I want to. When you're still respecting the velvet ropes, you know, like I feel like if you're going to rob a bank, you don't like do the whole zigzag thing on your way to the teller. You just kind of like go straight through. I could be wrong. Be a great anyway. sketch, though. <laughs> it would be great. God damn this thing. <laughs> um, anyway, so no, but it is one of those events where you can. But, you know, the truth is that neither of those clips are lies. Like it's all things that happened on that day. But yes, the more information you have, you get a fuller picture. But tell me what like if like what, are, are you worried about something that would be so out of context that it's misleading? Like what? What would the context I, I like? What do you even if, if we get more videos of police moving barricades and them inviting them in? What, what is that not newsworthy? Anyway, whatever. Let's wait and see. Let's see what Tucker puts out, if he gets anything good out of this uh, stuff. And then I think it'll be pretty easy to look at it and say, yeah, there's not there's not really any context that would make this us looking at something other than what we're looking at. You know, at least that's what it seems like. Uh, seems like to me. Um, all right, let's uh, um, switch gears a little bit here. So, so the, there was this video, which is from a while back, and we actually responded to it on the show. I think back whenever it was, maybe 2019 or something like that. Um, and, but for whatever reason, you know, just the way the internet works, this video popped back up and has been going super viral uh, over the last few days. There's an old uh, video of Tucker Carlson um, uh, talking to Ben Shapiro. And I've just seen everybody kind of going, uh, uh, jumping on this. It's, um, it's, it's a very interesting thing to me. We, we talked about this video back in the day, but I feel, I feel like since it's going viral now and that was such a long time ago, it's worth kind of like responding to this again. Um, one of the things that, that blows me away is how, how much people are agreeing with Tucker Carlson here. And I really think he's getting this wrong and so I think it's worth trying to to kind of tackle it and uh, and 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 give our response. So yeah, let's let's play the clip for anybody who hasn't seen it. It's going super viral right now. Would you, Tucker Carlson, be in favor of restrictions on the ability of trucking companies to use this sort of technology specifically to you know sort of artificially maintain the number of jobs that are available in the trucking industry? Are you joking? 
In a no. second. In a second. In other words, if I were president, what I say to DOT, Department of Transportation, we're not letting driverless trucks on the road, period. Why? Really simple. Driving for a living is the single most common job for high school educated men in this country, in all 50 states. By the way, that's the same group whose wages have gone down by 11% over the past 30 years. The social cost of eliminating their jobs in a 10-year span, five-year span, 30-year span, is so high that it's not sustainable. So the greater good is protecting your citizens. So even, I don't know who that guy was or who made this video clip, but that's the response from it. Like, hell yeah, this guy for president. And look, I, I got to tell you, I, I love Tucker Carlson's show. I think he's phenomenal. He's like, it's just, it's so great that we live in a world where Tucker Carlson has the biggest cable news show. The guy has been nothing short of heroic on so many of the most important issues. I just really think this is backward economics. And I, you know, as I've kind of said before, there's a, there's like this dynamic where I think uh, libertarians need to learn their cultural lesson from like social conservatives. Um, I we was just talking about this recently on a show, like stop celebrating degeneracy and all this stuff. And, and in fact, I think you should be promoting like low time preference behaviors and, and all this stuff. But man, you know, right wingers really need to learn a libertarian lesson on economics and the role of government and all of this stuff. And so let's just take this on a little bit. First off, I do understand the concern of lots of men being put out of work. I get where that would be a concern. And like there's uh, rapid change leads to um, negative outcomes quite often. And this is part of the reason why I you know, prefer the market to the government, because you'll never see rapid changes uh, in the way that you do from the government. Think uh, February of 2020 to March of 2020. Um, but look, what Tucker Carlson does here is I think, number one, I think he really misunderstands what this would look like. Um, it's the they've been working on self-driving technology for quite a while now, and this is not going to replace 10 million jobs overnight. And then he even gives this span. He goes, in the next five years, 10 years, even 30 years. He goes, well, whoa, there's a really big difference between those three. There's a very big difference between, you know, tomorrow 10 million people being put out of work or over the next 30 years, one job being phased out while another one comes in. Um, look, if you're going to, to view economics this way, then you would it, like, especially once you grant that it might be over 30 years, that this might be a long process, which is probably what it's going to look like. Look, I can tell you, you're not just going to replace truckers that easily. You're like, you're just not going to because there's more to the job than just the car driving itself. There's also loading and unloading. There's a lot of other things that go along where you're actually going to need a person. And we're, we're really, really far from figuring out the technology where no one has to do this job. But regardless of that, but the logic to this argument would be that creative destruction is always something that should be outlawed, like that you should always outlaw some new technology that's going to put an industry out of work. This is literally the process of how wealth is created, always. It's always. It's the horse and buggy industry being completely destroyed. It's the typewriter industry being completely destroyed. It's all of these things. And I just, I know, you know, it's like we live in such a corrupt economy that is so rigged 
for the uh, for for the super rich and so rigged against working class and middle class people that I understand this kind of impulse to be like, no, how about we actually protect those people for once? I'm just saying that the only thing that's ever actually helped the or the the life and lot of the ordinary person has been this type of creative destruction. That's just the process of of economic growth. And, you know, I understand where it's a lot of times these things are scary, but the reality of it is usually not as scary as as people predict. It's not. I don't think you're going to wave a magic wand and 10 million people are going to be out of work because they're self-driving cars. It's probably going to look like more of a slow process where people, uh, t- you know, start, um, uh, you know, slowly implementing these self-driving cars there might be some problems with them at first and a lot of people revert back to not wanting to do it you know what i mean and um and i I just i don't think it's going to go at all the way tucker's saying so this idea that if tucker was president he'd tell the department of transportation to ban all these cars because all right man but look i'm just saying there's you could also like you know you could just uh, what was the, was the old Milton Friedman line or something like that? He, like where he's like, oh, you could. Uh, I forget where it was. I think it was Milton Friedman. But he went somewhere and they were doing a job um, with shovels, and they like there were a bunch of people digging, and he was like, why aren't you using like heavy machinery to do this? You could do this job like with a couple people much quicker. And they were like, no, this is a jobs program. That's the whole point of it. And he's like, oh, okay. Well, then why not give them spoons? Right. Like outlaw shovels and just give everybody spoons. You just created a lot more work. But of course, like when you see that this is, yes, you created more jobs, but you made everybody poorer. Now all of these, all of this labor has to be dedicated to doing a job that could have been done by like one person. Like I, I alone could shovel my, dri- my driveway, but, um, which by the way is a pain in the ass. I have a big driveway. Uh, but I alone can shovel my driveway. But if I just had a spoon, I might need like, you know, Fucking 20 guys to do it. But what the hell, how does that help? Now all 20 guys in my uh, neighborhood here who would have just shoveled their own driveway, we all worked together and just got through one. We still have 19 to go. It, like, this is, this is basic economics, and this, this stuff just makes us poorer. Is there anything you want to add uh, in, in all this, Rob? Dude, I think you fucking smoked that. Well, okay. So, so Fighting words, Tucker. Come on, <laughs> let's debate it. <laughs> I mean, honestly, if I talk to Tucker Carlson uh, on air, and I've, I've talked to him off air before, but if I talk to him on air, I would just want to talk about the stuff we agree on. I just think this is wrong. But I'll, I'll just add one other point that I think, look, it's, again, with these things, you have to compare. Everything is a trade-off. There's, there's costs and benefits associated with almost everything in life. Um, but you have to compare both of them. And to just look at say, uh, um, and to just look at this and say that, you know, uh, I, I don't know, say, well, the what the effect of this is that it's going to kick millions of people out of work, and even if that is true over a thirty-year period, what's the other effect of it? I mean, this would let, let's just say hypothetically what you're envisioning is the worst case scenario, the worst case scenario being that um that you know all of th- these millions of drivers are no longer uh, driving anymore this would also have an effect of enormously reducing the costs of goods i mean we saw from say like uh, um over the inflation over the last few years i mean we've seen like what look you make the price of of moving things much more expensive 
Look what that does to the prices of everything, right? You see them all shoot up. So I'm, I'm just saying, and I know also, I feel like this argument doesn't seem to resonate with like right-wing uh, nationalist types um, where they're like, oh yeah, great, more cheap crap. Like as if we don't have enough cheap crap in this country. That's not what really makes a meaningful society or something like that. Like, you know, men having work, that's what matters. And sure, you can go to Walmart and get a whole bunch of cheap shit, but that doesn't matter if we're all kind of like, you know, men don't have a sense of purpose and can't provide for a family and things like this. And I think there's something to that argument. I just wish people would consider, look, think about how devastating the price inflation has been for working class people over the last few years. It has just destroyed people, just absolutely destroyed people. When the costs of everything goes up, it just wipes working class and, and middle class people out. And so just consider the fact that something that would drastically reduce the prices of everything would help those people a lot. So again, if you just look at one side of it, it's like, yes, yeah, someone loses a job. But then also look at the other side where all these other people who have jobs are now drastically, the prices of everything they need is now being drastically reduced. Just something uh, that's worth considering. All right, guys, let's take a moment and thank our sponsor for today's show, which is Moink. Moink is an incredible company. You got to check them out. Did you know that 60% of U.S. pork production comes from one company owned by the Chinese, and their hogs are given something called ractopamine, which is banned in 160 countries, including China, and yet you find it in your grocery aisle every day. There's a better way, and that is Moink. Moink delivers grass-fed and grass-finished beef, lamb, pasteurized pork, chicken, sustainably wild-caught Alaskan salmon, all straight to your door. Moink farmers farm like our grandparents did. And the result, Moink meat tastes like it should because the family farm does it better. The Moink difference is a difference you can taste and you can feel good knowing that you're also supporting family farms staying financially independent. You choose the meat delivered in every box. Choose from things like ribeyes, chicken breasts, pork chops, salmon fillets, and much, much more. Plus, you can cancel anytime. I will tell you guys, this stuff is delicious. You've got to check it out. Ring doorbell founder Jamie Siminoff jumped at the chance to invest in Moink, and you're going to see why. Keep American farmers going by signing up at moinkbox.com slash POTP right now, and listeners of this show will get free filet mignon in every order for a year. That's one year of the best filet mignon you'll ever taste, but for a limited time only, go to moinkbox.com slash P-O-T-P. That's M-O-I-N-K-B-O-X dot com slash P-O-T-P. All right, let's get back into the show. As before, uh, before we get out of here, there was one other topic that I thought was uh, um, somewhat interesting to talk about. So Bill Maher uh, was recently on the news, and he, was, uh, he, he discussed the... Uh, the the trans issue and uh even my old my old friend uh david cross ended up getting uh brought up in there let's uh let's play this clip i thought there were a few interesting things here to to discuss proud to to be there so you know i hear a lot about comedians being afraid to perform in the new environment but by the same token i mean i see dave chappelle still doing very well yeah there's one thing i, I wanted to get your reaction to something I love this this uh, line of the thinking already. You're like, he's like, you know, there's a lot of comedians say they're like to perform in these environments, but I see Dave Chappelle, he's still doing very well. And you're like, yeah, he's the best ever. 
Like, it's a little different than just being like, oh, what is the state of comedy right now? You're like, yeah. It was like, well, he hasn't been completely ruined. He's not destitute. He goes, yeah, because he's like the most talented, most famous comic in the history of the world. So, yes, that's right. He's not gone. But it is something to say that, like, even he's getting shit. Anyway, whatever. Just my own little two cents about that. But let, all right, let's keep playing. Criticized a lot because of his um, making fun of transgender, the transgender community. This is what David Cross says. And he's a, David Cross is a pretty edgy comedian. Yes, and, great, and, great and, comedian. He says, this is, he's, ta- he's not talking about you, certainly. And he's not even talking about Chappelle necessarily in the quote. But he's talking about people who make the kind of jokes making fun of transgender. He said, you're positioning yourself as this bullshit voice of, they're not going to cancel me. You can't silence me. For what? Your dumb joke about trans people? Who gives a shit? I mean, is it that important to you? Just move on and not hurt hundreds of thousands of people. It's a choice people make. Here's pause it for a second. This is what's so funny about it. I don't know if you guys remember. Uh, I, I had a little debate with uh, David Cross back in the day. He doesn't like me very much. He said some some uh, things that indicated he didn't like me very much on Twitter uh, after that. But um, it's kind of funny to me in a way because David Cross was like a real comedian. He was a very talented comedian who just got swept up in the idiotic woke shit. But it's funny even to watch Bill Maher. You can kind of see on his face that he goes, oh, David Cross, a comedian, you know, and he goes, oh, yeah, really funny comedian, blah, blah, blah. And he starts reading his quote. And I really think Bill Maher did not think that was what the quote was going to be. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's almost like if you could imagine, like, if you were just like uh, you hadn't thought about South Park for uh, like a long time and they were like, you know, Trey Parker, uh, who's a comedian, you know, a comedic writer. And you were like, oh, yeah, Trey Parker is the fucking best. And he wrote this thing recently and he said offensive jokes just are wrong and should be banned. And you're like, well, that. Oh, okay. Wait, what? <laughs> I didn't see that one. It's so bizarre. But what a bitch comment. Like, what a just insane thing for a, a comedian to say. It's like, like, first off, for a comedian to go like, uh, who even cares? Who cares about your joke? Like, well, I don't know. That's kind of our currency, man. <laughs> like, I guess, yeah, in the greater scheme of things, it's just a joke you're telling on stage. But a joke you're telling on stage is pretty central to the activities of a stand-up comedian. Like, yeah, so it's like, oh, you're taking this posture like, I won't, you won't uh, silence me or something like that. But it's like, who cares about your stupid joke, dude? Is your stupid joke really worth hurting hundreds of thousands of people? Like, dude, what do you even mean? No one's hurt by this. No one's hurt by you making a joke. That's not real. Like, how does any comedian not get that? Especially someone like David Cross, who used to do really ballsy, edgy jokes. You don't get that. Like, anyway, this isn't really the point of the whole video, but I just, just something to point out. I, on both those points, for the first one of like, oh, do you really need that joke? Dude, you can look at my entire, do you really need that dick joke? Do you really need that masturbate? No. And yeah, I guess if I was a more dignified comedian, I would <laughs> write better jokes. But that's what I have. The audience is laughing. I thought it was funny. They laughed yeah. at it. We all experienced a little bit of joy. And sure, if I'd come up with some charitable angle that also promoted charity as my joke, then yeah, I guess maybe that would be more dignified. But that's not what the fuck I do. You know what I mean? It's like almost all of our acts have nonsense and stupidity in it. And that's kind of what it is. It's and so bizarre. All- it's so bizarre to me. Like, just like, do you not have you never been to a comedy show? Like, and like, obviously, David Cross has. Right. And you're like, do you not understand? Like, the, if, if you're like getting to get like a hate group, you would never get up there. And the first thing you're going to do is like start cracking jokes or something like that. The whole spirit of it, no matter who we make fun of, is that everyone in the room is going to be laughing. We're all having a good time here. There's never like a, ha, yeah, I fucking got you with that joke. I sure showed that guy with that joke that I told. You know what I mean? It's like, what? Do you, even if you're making fun of some group, it's always in the spirit of like, I don't know. We all got hilarious stuff about us. 
let's po- let's poke at this one. Anyway, I'm sorry. Keep going. I guess some of my government jokes kind of maybe have a gotcha angle, but to that point, specifically on this topic, uh, in my opinion, the policy is unbelievably harmful to kids, and even amongst adults, the technology is not not that supportive of the lifestyle. So I think for some of them, there probably could be a better like everyone can make their own decisions, but there probably is a educational aspect to what we're actually celebrating within our culture. Well, so for right. you to just decide that your opinion is on the right side, and so no one should even be able to question, poke, it's what I mean. It goes back to your debate. You're just you're just you're 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 being the censor. You're deciding yeah. that your opinion's well, the right is, opinion. So this and is no one's David allowed Cross, to have another one. Yeah, this is what David Cross uh, said to me. So I basically made the argument that I'd like to see a true free speech environment, um, both online and offline, and like may the best ideas win. You know, you have a right to make whatever argument you want to make, and that's that. And we can uh, we can battle bad ideas with good ideas. And he said, I don't agree with that. And he said, uh, he said uh, we should uh, censor lies. And then I was like, well, doesn't that lead to the question of who determines what's the truth? Uh, and he, he, he literally said to me, he goes, I will. And that was his response. And it got some applause from the audience. And then I, I said, and this is all, it's up online somewhere, you can find it. But I said in response that I go, I was like, you guys can applaud if you want to, but I certainly don't trust David Cross. I don't trust any government or any corporation or any academic to be the arbiter of truth, that they will decide what is truth and what is not. And then that did, I did almost like I made those liberals in Manhattan uh, applaud for me a little bit because they were like, that does sound right. That does sound like the thing we're supposed to believe in. Anyway, here's uh, here's Bill Maher's response. That was an interesting quote. What, 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 I mean, I guess the larger criticism of Chappelle from people like David Cross is he's punching down, not like what Carlin did punching up. What do you think? I don't really agree. I, I mean, I think the trans community is asking for too much. Um, again, the difference between liberal and woke. Uh, liberals are people who I think would say, uh, I certainly would. Uh, trans is, of course, a real thing. You know, some people are just, you know, I don't they probably don't like this terminology, but born in the wrong body, whatever the the the, the, <laughs> the equipment doesn't match how you feel. Absolutely. And it's great. We live in a time where people like that can freely live the lives they should live with all the dignity and protection of the law that we can afford them like anybody else in society. I think that's the liberal point of view. The woke point of view is something very different, like. Uh, well, babies are born now and just jump ball. We don't know what they are. Uh, congratulations, you have a boy. Well, let's not be hasty. Uh, there's a penis that could be an indication of a male, but it's, it's really, uh, we'll find out later and we can always get rid of it. And it's not wrong to have this discussion. This is some, something that's very new. Yeah. It's not to shut, the, to shut down debate with these words like phobia. You're phobic and you hate. We don't hate. There's no hate. It's not phobic. We're not afraid. We're just discussing something very new that involves children and what these interventions you're making have repercussions for the entire rest of their lives. And they're about their health, which I think should come first. So I think if a trans activist were here right now, they might say, we're not afraid of having discussions and debate, but you're talking about these issues at a time when states like Idaho and Florida and others are talking about banning these procedures, regardless of what the kid and the parents and the doctor want. You got to pause well, again. That's a that, back- yeah. So you got some states that are making good decision. Well, here, hold on. Just, well, let's, leftists 
who were defending child abuse with the haughtiness of, oh, you're going to come forward and make a statement like this while some states are putting an end to child abuse that's unsupported by science? That's what this guy's really saying while well, gets to well, saying here, with let's, this nice little... Pri- my, yeah. I just care about these people. Well, look, let's just play the very end of this and then we, we'll get into all of this because only a few seconds left. So I just wanted to play this, this response as well. And, and then that's like a bigger issue than the term pregnant people. Well, that's probably a backlash that went too far. But I'm so, what, yeah. yeah, I think that it to, to completely ban it. But I also I also don't agree with what you just said. They absolutely do want to shut down debate. Yeah. OK. So anyway, I just wanted to say that it's there's there's a lot of things going on here in this clip that are kind of fascinating. And uh, number one, like the thing that actually jumped out to me is here's how you see the effectiveness of like Overton window shifts. So like they they stake out this crazy, insane far position. And then even someone like Bill Maher, who gives it a little pushback, is still giving up so much of the game. I mean, Bill Maher actually at the end there says like, yeah, it's it's going too far to ban minors having sex change operations. It's like, really? Is that an overcorrection? Like, look, I agree with some minors can give consent. And that's why we should be having sex with them. That's right. in my position. Right. Yeah, let's let's bleep that out for you too. They don't get sarcasm that well. Um, but uh, anyway, like it, it, there's this weird thing. Like I agree with some of what Bill Maher said in there, right? And I'm glad that he gave pushback. Like it's so ridiculous. I don't know how out of touch you'd have to be at this point to go like, well, I think if there was a trans activist here, they would say we're not trying to shut down debate. We're happy to have this debate. Like no, they're not. They're quite literally. They tried to get Dave Chappelle shut down for making jokes about this stuff. They've tried to get joe rogan's podcast kicked off of spotify they are not they are trying to shut it down they're not trying to have a debate about it and because there's almost nothing here to debate like you know bill maher even it's like this is the thing where it's almost like the the extreme leftist will go so crazy far and then a liberal like bill maher will come in and pose as someone who's pushing back against them but still accept so much that it's like now the middle has become what would have been a radical position just a few years ago. Look, even Bill Maher starting off with like, he says, he goes, the trans thing is real. It's real. And then even as he starts describing it, he's like, I might get in trouble for describing it. But I guess, you know, the equipment doesn't match the feeling or something like that. Well, okay. But what does that mean? What does it mean to say that's real? Like, it's real that you have a feeling? Oh, okay. I'll, I'll concede that. You really feel this way. But how you feel is never the measure of what's real. Feelings and reality are not the same thing, right? Like you could, you could feel afraid when there's nothing to be afraid about, right? Like you could, you could feel like maybe, you know, you, uh, uh, you got mugged by some guy and then you see another guy who looks like him. And that makes you feel afraid. Okay, you're really feeling that, but there's not really any danger here. It's like, it's, it's not a measure. You can feel like you're an eagle. That doesn't mean anything is real. Like, what do you mean it's real? And that's kind of the heart of at what's at the trans debate there. It's like, does that mean that we have to pretend that that's real because you feel a certain way? But this other stuff, it's like, dude, it's not an overcorrection to say that we don't think you should, that children should not be allowed to have irreversible procedures done on them while they're children. It's not an overcorrection. That is the most minimal, like reasonable standard. And 
we do this all the time with other things that we don't give children the full rights that adults have. There's nothing like this isn't like an overcorrection. Like the truth is when it I, I, I also, by the way, I agree with Bill Maher when he says there's no phobia here. This isn't about hating a group of people or being scared of a group of people. And yes, I think trans people that should have all the protections of, under the law that everybody else should have. You should not be allowed to assault trans people. They, the trans people should have the same rights that everybody else has. Um, but you could also make an argument and I'm not really I don't I don't at all believe the government should be involved in um, in in any type of legislating what adults can do. I have no problem with it when it comes to children. Um, but even in that situation, I mean, look, you can make an argument like, is it really ethical for doctors to perform these surgeries? Certainly, it certainly in a debate to have there. One that I don't think the trans activist community would really want to have. Like, I don't think they really want to have that debate. But like, yeah, I don't know. If you, you know, again, if you just go to a doctor, um, like even saying you're an adult, if you went to a doctor and you go, you know, I identify as a person who only has one hand and I'd like you to cut my hand off, you know, I'd like you to perform that surgery for me. And the surgeon went, no problem. That'll be $20,000 and I'll see you next Wednesday. I think most of us, as even libertarians like us, would probably say, I don't think there should be a law against that necessarily. But if there was some type of private mechanism, like if uh, there was like, uh, you know, a bunch of doctors who were like, yo, you'll never work with us again. I mean, like, yeah, no, it's, I think we would all say it's pretty horrifically unethical for that doctor to just do the surgery. Because it's like, I, I don't know, you're not supposed to, like, you're not supposed to give medical interventions, especially serious ones like that, unless it's absolutely necessary. Like you're the, the do no harm principle, you know, like it's like uh, this, there's something wrong about that. And so there's a real debate about just because you feel a certain way, you should that now take that same example, but it's a child. Now, all of a sudden we're like, oh, that doctor is like a monster for doing that. And now all of a sudden I think it's like, yeah, maybe there, sh there should be laws against that. So anyway, I don't know. It's like, it, it, sorry, go ahead. No, I would think, you know, the, these leftists, without their gods, they love their rational thought. And so if there's rational thought, I would think you would uh, look to science for evidence and you would act in accordance with the evidence. So if we're now having kids who are age three, four, five, six, seven years old, uh, making determinations about their gender and then life-changing decisions... Is there evidence that three, four, five, and six-year-olds are able to make that determination and that they, over the course of their life, you know, reaching 18, 19, they stand by that? That at age three and four, you could actually make that decision about yourself for the rest of your life? And the answer is there's zero evidence from my research to support that. In fact, yeah. everything I've seen is basically studies that most kids grow out of it. Now, even if, around, it's, even if around the evidence... Eight, around 80%. Yeah, but uh, even if the evidence that. didn't exist to say that most kids grow out of it, <laughs> in order to make this recommendation, I would think you needed excellent evidence of the fact that kids could make that determination about themselves. Otherwise, you wouldn't possibly promote this. You yeah. would have a very specific criteria by which kids are able to make this identification, and you would have very good evidence that kids at age three or four, when they're age 25 and up stand by it then you would also need to have the math on regret of people even age 25 who go through these procedures that they're actually happier and the evidence is that they still have a very high suicide rate in regards to the general population so just to put it back to them what evidence do you people have 
that we should be making major cultural changes in, I, I, I mean, forget per allowing, but encouraging parents to be making these decisions with their kids. There's yeah. zero evidence for it. It, it. You know what I mean? It's like, it's demonic. There's no other way to describe this other than to say, like, there's someone with some sort of an agenda here that's purposely trying to bring, like, just a horrible, disgusting thing to kids. There's no evidence for this. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's just like, it's it's mad. It's lunacy. It's and fucking then, and demonic. Then you're like, and what is going on with this bigger push about yeah. all of this stuff? Like, what is going on? I mean, I just saw again today on, on Twitter, there was like a bunch of these videos of these wildly inappropriate, um, you know, like sexualized, you know, um, drag type shows with little kids. Like, like, what is this? And then and by the way, again, as I've said before, I kind of give this caveat. It's very hard to understand exactly how prevalent this is it's like you live in a world where it's like i don't know my kids are never going to be anywhere near anything like that i don't know anybody who's putting their kids there but at this point you've seen like hundreds of videos of it you're like it's it's something it's happening at least every time i've seen the video that's been one it's probably happened a few times when i haven't seen the video posted you're like what the hell is this and even the more you know i've heard people kind of make the argument where they're like well there's this like drag queen story hour thing which isn't that it's not like lap dances and asses out and stuff like that. But there are millions of dollars spent on this program, like just in New York City. This is like a huge thing. And they'll be like, what? It's just a drag queen reading them a story. Like it's not they're not doing anything sexual. But why? And you're still like, yeah, why are you why? spending money on that? Why? Why do that? Why not just have someone reading them a story? Why insert a drag queen into this? Stories it's, were already gay. It's, yeah, really? <laughs> That's the was it. They need to learn. They need to learn that reading is gay. <laughs> but it's just, it's so utterly bizarre. And it is completely normal and healthy for normal people to see this stuff and have, like, this disgust impulse to it. Like, no, 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 no. Don't bring this stuff around kids. This is madness. And I think more and more normal people are seeing that. This, this is just And if they keep madness. pushing it, we're going to end up in a world where people go, hey, no men can have vaginas. And, yeah. you know, if you're an adult man and you want to get yourself a vagina... I, you know, I'm not trying to stop you, but I'm it's just saying you keep pushing this to kids and at some point they're going to come around and say, that's men, it. I'm saying you men need to stand up for your right to a vagina. <laughs> you, need to, you need to protect your vaginas. You need to stop doing all this crazy stuff. All right. Anyway, on that odd note, let's wrap up. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Don't forget Pottstown, Pennsylvania. We will be out there March 10th and 11th. Me and Robbie the Fire Bernstein doing some live stand-up comedy shows at Soul Joel's Comedy Club and a live part of the Problem Podcast. Come on out and check us out live. It's always a ton of fun. ComicDaveSmith.com for all our tickets. And uh, me and Rob got a bunch of stuff coming up in the near future. Robbie the Fire will be out opening for Lewis uh, this weekend, and he's got a weekly show in New York City as well. What's your website, Robbie the Fire? RobbieTheFire.com. Only Friday with Lewis. Saturday I'm doing a New Hampshire event uh, for the Free State Project. Then next week I got your thing, and we got a whole bunch of stuff coming up. Hell yeah, dude. All right, thanks for listening, guys. Peace. Peace.